0: Welcome to On the Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today.
1: Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record.
0: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Furniture Today Home Furnishings Education Network series uh, and to the IMC Virtual Market. I'm here today with Andrew Koenig, President of City Furniture, and Jeff Harris, CEO and co-owner of Furniture Land South. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy day today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. All right. Andrew, uh, why don't yes, we start with you. You're very welcome. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, Andrew, why don't we start with you. Florida was uh, closed down and we'll get to Jeff. They were closed down here in North Carolina too, but how did you stay in touch um, with consumers as, as the stores were closing? and how did you maintain that, that level of engagement?
1: Yeah, so first off, we chose to uh, continue our advertising strategy, just work with our partners to uh, reduce our rates and really try to keep the impressions the same volumes uh, or the same uh, amount that we wanted originally. And uh, happy to say all of our uh, partners really worked with us to make that happen since you know, everybody knew you know, mid-March this was looking to be a serious crisis. So I'd say you know, we, we kept those impressions uh, strong uh, throughout the shutdown. And, uh, you know, we, we, we adjusted some strategies on our website. Um, so immediately turned on free design so that we can engage with our customers and help them with their, any home furnishings needs. Um, you know, soon after, you know, we, we turned on our in-store appointment strategy, which, uh, was uh, very helpful. So in-store, you know, uh, private appointments or phone orders, you know, beefed up our chat team and, uh, just really uh, 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 kept uh, communicating them wherever they wanted us to communicate to. So, um, you know, uh, that's what we've been doing. Did the mix
0: shift at all? I've heard some anecdotal stories that, you know, TV suddenly kind of revived a little bit as people were, uh, were locked in. Did you see the, the
1: advertising mix shift at all? Um, I think we, 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 um, I would say yes and yes and no in some areas. So it, it's been a pretty fluid situation. I'll be honest with you, but uh, um, uh, all 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 aspects of our advertising actually has been fairly successful, but we kind of kept our same strategy and, uh, but tried to uh, have our vendors help us reduce the costs and really maximize those impressions. But yeah, it's definitely been shifting more digital, uh, but we've been seeing TV just as strong. Luckily, luckily all of our partners are willing to work with us and, and uh, execute whatever advertising we need to execute.
0: Jeff, how did uh, how did you stay in touch? I know you designers are a real important part of uh, of your model and your mix. Um, being a local Greensboro person here, I I know I was able to kind of keep track of Furniture Land South. But for folks who aren't here, how did how did you stay engaged with your customer base?
2: Well, I I, I got to tell you, I think it's a carbon copy of uh, what Andrew was just talking about there. I'm not sure if we took his playbook or he took ours, but we we did a lot of the same things. Um, you know, I think you know getting to the shock of of everything. You know, you you just kind of want to push the pause button and say, okay, you know, where do we go from here? How do we uh, reach our our clients? How do we stay relevant? Uh, we know that they're going to be. You know, these these governmental states are going to be issued, so they are going to be in the home. They are going to be watching TV. That that's really the only the only difference uh, in, in what they did is is we we immediately cut off all TV advertising. Um, you know because we just knew the local audience was not going to be able to shop for a month or more, and so we really uh, we took some of those dollars and reinvested in digital. And uh, you know we, we have. We have kind of a robust outbound calling campaign where we really encourage our design consultants on our sales force to uh, you know, to, to do a lot of that work themselves, a lot of networking themselves to, to outreach uh, to clients. And really just, this was a, a really a great time to just call people and say, you know, how, how are you doing? How are you handling things? And uh, you know, if there's anything we can do. So we, we still had our sales staff working remotely uh, and we, we even had our, our showrooms accessible uh, if they needed to get in and 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 do some uh, you know some FaceTime uh, business or uh, digital uh, uh, work through video or, p- or pictures with uh, with their clients, so really just a lot of the same things that Andrew was talking about there and uh, you know, unfortunately there's, there's no roadmap. <laughs> Nobody said, Oh, when the pandemic hits, here's, here's what you do. So we, you know, we, we've had, uh, uh, I can't tell you how supportive our, our leadership team has been to, to just figure this out on the fly. And, and, uh, you know, just, it, it makes you, you know, put a fresh eye on what you're doing online. Uh, you know, the, the messages that you're sending out, you know, with e-blast and, and all that. So it's, uh, you know, it's forced us to to, uh, to really get stronger and to to, uh, to to get zeroed in on the things that are most important to our clients.
0: I I think um, when we look at the recommendations for social distancing and um, the amount of space that governmental leaders are asking people to maintain in their stores, furniture stores seem to be really well positioned in that regard. In that, you typically don't have a high concentration of consumers in a store at any one time. There is a lot of ability to to work with the people individually. But I'm curious, and Jeff, this time we'll start with you. As the store is starting to open back up, people feel free to come out. What kinds of things um, are you looking at in terms of best practices, whether it's cleaning guidelines, what you're telling customers about what you're doing to maintain their safety? Um, hand sanitizer, any of those kinds of things, hand sanitizer, whatever that is, yeah. what are you looking at?
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, a great question. And, and, you know, you know, at the very, you know, top priority is, you know, making sure that our staff is safe, making sure that the customers are are comfortable and that they're in a safe environment. We have our own housekeeping staff that 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 works our facilities. And, and so, uh, you know, just making sure that we're uh, doing all those things we we put in hand sanitizing stations at ev- every entrance and throughout the showrooms um, you know we provide masks if customers don't have one or if they'd like one you know we have our our, our uh, sales associates and management team that have the masks so we're you know we're taking every every precaution you know we have a starbucks and a subway on campus and and so those uh, we own and operate those as well as franchisees. And uh, and so we've done all the, the social distancing guideline mandates that, that have been posted out there. Um, you know, obviously, you cannot, you know, sit and enjoy your your beverage uh, or your food, uh, but you can get the takeout. Um, so we've been doing a lot of those things. And, and quite frankly, uh, you know, as far as social distancing, uh, listen, we have a 1.3 million square foot Showroom, show So, uh, you, you know, we can we can have a lot of people on this campus and, and not even know it. Uh, and but we've done the things to put the marks on the, you know, in key areas to kind of remind people to stay six feet away. Um, and, uh, you know, we're doing the standard things that everybody's doing. Uh, and, and and so, but that, that is so important. I think now, and as, as people go back to shopping and, and one of the things, one of the reasons that we went ahead and and decided to have an outdoor tent sale and, and we're having a a big garage sale, uh, for, for the next several weeks, you know, is because people feel, I, I think through this, whether it's right or wrong, I think people feel safer when they're outside. And, uh, and so we've got a lot of products that are in inventory that, that we felt like this would be a great time to message that and to promote that and get people on our campus.
0: That's a great idea. Andrew, how about you? What kinds of things as you've opened and we were talking earlier, you've had a kind of staged opening in Florida. So some stores were open and then others. And so you've actually, I I would guess, got to kind of test a couple of things and see how that went. What have you learned? What kinds of things have you been doing?
1: So, yeah, a, a, a lot of the things that have been said, um, I guess a couple uh, additional things um, we, we had was our, our safety director doing a lot of spot checks, a lot of audits, keeping us honest, making sure that we're actually uh, following those standards and getting those um, report outs to make sure that, hey, everybody knows that we're, we're taking it very seriously. A couple of years ago, we put in contactless payment strategies, Uh, like Apple Pay and uh, uh, some other stuff like that for point of sale systems. So that's been very helpful. Uh, We've been doing temperature checks for our sales team and uh, um, you know, in in our stores, we kind of have the racetrack around the store. So we have our our digital TVs kind of well positioned as like friendly reminders for the customer on all those standards and as well as reinforcing the standards we expect our sales team to do. And, and um, another one I, um, that our facilities team felt was pretty important was also, you know, weekly uh, disinfectant process of the whole store. And um, you know, we've done it in our corporate office, uh, I believe once, maybe twice. And, you know, it kind of makes everybody feel good, you know, that it happens. harder to do in a 1.3 million square foot building, <laughs> but in our, our, our stores, we're, it's a little bit easy and, and quick, painless process. There's some companies out there. So those are some additional strategies, you know, uh, but I'm, I've been very, very proud of our entire company. as uh, focused on, it's always been since day one, safety's number one. We have, we, we do a lot of internal videos and it's always starts with a safety message and goes off on the team. And then you you know if the sales associates are really living that the customers I think puts them a puts them comfortable that it's a very safe environment so and I've actually been very impressed with our customers uh, coming in prepared and you know following all the other you know CDC guidelines that we've been hearing on the news every single day so uh, I think a furniture store is 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 a, a great place to go because like you said it they're so big and it's really easy to execute social distancing and. Uh, you know, stretch your legs out and not be locked up in home, and see some beautiful furniture. And uh, so, uh, I, since day one, I've always really felt, and I think our whole company's felt, like our 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 stores are a very safe place.
0: Um, how did you commun- How are you communicating this to your customers? Because doing things is one step, and then letting people know is is I think also as important. So, what have you done to try to uh, to let people know how safe it is to come back into the stores?
1: Yeah. So as as this crisis uh, uh, unfolded, um, you know, obviously we really quickly went to the website and our homepage for uh, a pretty decent amount of time. Really stressed all the all those safety protocols uh, that the CDC was recommending and that we were abiding by. Uh, so we had that blasted on our homepage uh, for maybe seven to ten days in late March. Until I think it was almost like everybody gets it. You know, everybody knew knows what the standards are. So website was number one. Number two was our. we had commercials. So um, our commercials, uh, we quickly put some stuff together to really send that safety message. We had some pre-cut stuff from the past and, you know, just put, in, put some strong messaging out there. So when our TV ads hit the, uh, you know, hit the uh, TV, um, you know, our customers knew that we were uh, following all those protocols. And then, like I said, once that customer gets in your store, you know, I think they feel it really quick when they enter in and see the sales associates with their, with their mask on the digital TVs, talking about the standard signage in the store. So in the store, I always felt good because that was kind of like the flow of how we got the message of all the, the, the things we were doing.
0: Okay. Now, as you went through this, obviously there had to be some challenging conversations um, with your vendors. And, and Andrew, you alluded to those. And Jeff, I'd like to ask you too, and not necessarily what the, what the actual conversation was, because those are private conversations, but in terms of how you approach a difficult conversation. And Jeff, can you give me some idea of from a leadership standpoint, how do you approach a difficult conversation? Because obviously this is this is an uncomfortable thing between a retailer and a supplier. Um, and again, I don't mean, you know, what those individual conversations are, those are private, but just from the perspective of how you approach it, can you give me uh, any idea and, and maybe share some best practices and how people can approach those difficult conversations?
2: Well, I can, Bill, but if I do tell you this, now you cannot share this with anyone, okay? It's just me and- <laughs> uh, Well, I would I would say honestly, I don't, I don't think there were any tough conversations really between, you know, what we're doing and and our, and our vendors. I, mean, I think everybody realizes, hey, we're we're all in this thing together, uh, and and when the government has a mandate that says thou shalt not open your business, I mean, that's nothing that I've, I've ever experienced, and I think a lot of our uh, partners, you know, are in the same boat. They've never experienced that. And so I think it's, it's just kind of been like a, a you know, not even a week by week It's a day by day situation to try to figure out, uh, you know, what does this even mean? And, uh, you know, how can we support? It? And quite frankly, I think a lot of, a lot of our brands were able to stay open in some fashion. Um, you know, a lot of brands continue to make essential goods such as, uh, these masks, uh, and, and the, um, uh, I guess a, a lot of other things that, that, are, that are helpful for the healthcare workers. Um, but you know a lot of, a lot of them were, were able to continue delivering to, to us. We pick up a lot of, of product from our vendors that are within a 200 mile radius. Uh, and we were able to continue doing, doing, doing that. So uh, I, I, I think we just worked together to figure this out, to say, uh, hey, how can we work together to help one another as we go through this? And let's prepare our businesses for for when the, the the waters turn back on. Let's be ready together. And uh, you know we've 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 done it through you know the, the typical you know the Zoom meetings, the conference calls, the things like that, just to just to stay in touch and uh, and and try to come up with strategies. And we we we've had several vendors that have that have said, look, we we want to offer you additional discounts to pass along to kind of help get get us moving again when as we as we reopen. Uh, we want to come up with uh, some express delivery programs that are going to support your business because it's it's going to be very very important. Yeah, I think when clients come back out of this, uh, to, to that they that they have the assurances that when they buy something, you know they you know we're typically a special order business, uh, which is a lot different from Andrew and other other businesses. And so when you order something from us, it's custom upholstery. Sometimes it can take you know, up to a couple months time. And so we're, we're, um, you know, we're definitely finding ways to reduce that cycle time. But I think generally Bill, with, with us having these relationships uh, that we're so keen uh, on maintaining. uh, I I just think that they've been incredibly supportive and, and, and we have to them as well. And, and, you know, for us to even be able to pull through uh, some, some great sales in the month of April, I, I, I had so many vendors call and said, man, I cannot believe that your business was able to do this uh, in the midst of a, of a basic, you know, shutdown. And, uh, and so we've just been very supportive of one another.
0: Andrew, I saw you nodding your head there. It sounds like you've had some similar conversations. Can you, can you share, you know, some insight into how those went and how you make those be productive?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think it starts with um, really having a great partnership prior to a crisis and really being strong partners with your vendors, you know, up front and before something like this happens. So I'm I'm glad we have had a lot of trust and, you know, just great partnerships over the years. And when a, when a crisis like this happens, uh, and and you know, you need you need that teamwork between you and your vendors to to support you to go through something like this. And and we're we're all in it together to really satisfy the customer. So if the market's going to contract and going to be tougher for the consumers, you know, we have to start adding, you know, providing more value to the customer, whether it's pricing, better financing, better service, you know, free design, whatever it may be, those services that just add more value to the customer to drive more of those sales, you know, that's not free. And, and we need support with our vendors. And, you know, when we ask for support during tough times like this, I'm really proud to say, you know, all of our vendors really stepping up and knowing that like, Oh, we trust you. If, if this is what's happening in your market, we, we believe you that we're not just asking for support for no reason. Like, no, we're going through something really tough. And so that trust and that teamwork, you know, was like the first thing really, you know, that comes to mind to really getting you through this. And then, you know, just reassuring them, communicating, uh, often and uh, providing, you know, daily, weekly results and performance, you know, and, you know, definitely this thing, you know, dropped off a cliff and, and uh, we've been, you know, going uphill battle every day and every day it feels a little bit better and a little bit better and a little bit better And that. Just constantly communicating and, you know, outperforming those projections, like, you know, it was just said is, is just makes the cus you know, the vendors even more proud to work with you because they know you're going to get through this, uh, uh, you know, and uh, do a great job and be stronger because of it. So, you know, a lot of communication, a lot of teamwork, a lot of trust before, after, during. And, uh, we, you know, you, you really got to work together like a team. And, and uh, that's, that's what will make you successful through something like this.
2: that was something wasn't it nothing like getting the inside story from the experts speaking of experts nobody knows more about comfort quality and value than Klausner, the leading solutions provider to the home
1: furnishings industry and where you'll find my latest furniture collection city limits now let's get back to more industry news from bill mclaughlin and on the record
0: do you anticipate that consumers are going to shop a little bit differently even if let's say three years from now five years from now maybe they go back to very similar habits but I would expect maybe over the next year or so what are you anticipating in terms of how you think consumers may shop your stores differently
1: yeah we're definitely forecasting the adoption to digital experiences whether that's buying online whether that's chat whether that's um, you know just you know you know anything digital in that experience versus, Uh, you know, the, the, the older ways of, of shopping. So we, we just think that adoption has, has just rapidly increased, you know, you know, and there's plenty of reports, you know, five years, 10 years, you know, so we'll, we'll see what online as a percentage of sales is, but I, I believe, you know, I believe it's, it's forced adoption that would have been five years from now, you know, normal, you know, it's, it's now here for a lot more folks as a, as, as a pretty, you know, a simple way to shop and, and buy furniture. So I think that the, the digital experiences are, are, are just have been just sped up about five years is how I would kind of explain it. Mm-hmm.
0: Jeff, you tend to have a very strong custom order business. Um, you, you have a lot of designers who work on a very personal level um, with your shoppers. How do you see that evolving as um, as we go come out of this?
2: Yeah, I mean it's, it's a great question, and uh, you know I agree with Andrew. I mean it's you know if you if you're not taking advantage of the technology and and making enhancements to your to your website, uh, you know you're going to get left behind very quickly because uh, you know people they're starting their experience online, and uh, you know I, I tell people you know that new shiny toy for our salespeople is online chat. You know a lot of a lot of people they want to go and they want to shop, they don't want to be bothered. Uh, to the point of, you know, even calling you uh, or even emailing in some cases because they don't want to, they're not quite ready to get engaged. Uh, but when they can online chat and they can answer or ask questions and get answers, um, uh, it, it really allows a salesperson to uh, kind of do a soft sale where they can, they can uh, uh, offer their services and then get them on the phone and get them in the store. So, uh, you know, our our strategy is probably not different from many other retailers. You know, we want to really sync up the experience the customer has on our website with, with what they have when they walk in the store. Um, you know, we, we definitely pride ourselves on that total experience. You know, our sweet spot is when people come in here to do multiple rooms or an entire home at one time, and they spend multiple days here. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we very much you know, like to extend a, a very, very high level of, of service and, and delivery expert, or design expertise to those clients when they come in here. But, you know, we want to do a, a much better job of, of serving up the brands and the products online that, uh, that, that kind of sync up and mirror what we have when you walk into our, our showroom.
0: Now, you already, um, in a way, not only allow people to shop on your website for product, but in a way they can also kind of shop for their design consultant. You give a lot of information about your designers on your website um, I, you know, in terms of what their hobbies are. So people can really kind of align themselves with the designer who fits their personality, their style. Do you think that that's something that will become more important going forward?
2: Oh no question. Uh, you know we we've done this for a few years now. You know it's it's all about that relationship for uh, for our business. You know between the design consultant and the and the customer. I mean, you know when you're buying uh, things for your home, it's such an intimate uh, you know process, and you want someone that you identify with that you feel like you can kind of share. Uh, you know your passion and your color scheme and and your 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 wish list your lookbook. And so you, you have to have some type of connection. And, and uh, we found that having these video bios online of our design consultants has been very um, instrumental in, in, you know, creating the magic, as I call it. You know, if a customer walks in your store and, and they just hope the next salesperson is a great fit and that, that, that they get them, I mean, sometimes it just doesn't happen. And so when they can go to our website and they find a few people that, hey, I like I like You know what that person had to say. Uh, I kind of like that the experience that they have or I felt a connection. You know, we encourage our our salespeople uh, when they do these video bios to kind of put some things in there, you know, about your your, your, you personally, Uh, you know, I may have been a cancer survivor or, you know, I'm a, a I like to rescue. Uh, dogs or whatever it is, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an Italian chef. <laughs> you know, there's always a connection personally. I think between that that that, that customer tries to identify with a salesperson, and then a lot of work can be done before they ever get here. So um, I, that's that's a that's a great um, uh, connectivity uh, between our salespeople and customers that they can do a lot of that work uh, before they ever visit here.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. One of the things that that people are starting to speculate about is the product categories that are going to become more important. Obviously, a lot of people have been working from home. It looks like that trend might continue. Um, You talk about being an Italian chef. I think everyone's exploring their inner Italian chef as they're stuck at home. It's getting hard to get bread flour in the supermarket. I I heard a a pound of flour was going for, you know, five times more than its regular price this weekend on eBay because everybody wants to bake bread. Um, Andrew, what as you look at how the product mix might shift and what categories might be impacted by this going forward, what kind of opportunities, what kind of uh, product segments do you think might be impacted in a positive way by this?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I think I'd start with just saying the entire home, you know, so our, our, our belief is the home is gonna mean, you know, more than it ever has. As we all spend more time at home, we travel less, you know, at least for the foreseeable future. So, you know, in our opinion, the home is going to, you know, is, is, should grow in as an importance in, uh, you know, where we invest our money out of our pocketbook, uh, because we're going to spend so much time there, but, you know, for specifically to answer your question, the home office is, is very, you know, it's going to be a huge deal. We're already, you know, right now I'm probably, we're at a work from home strategy first, before we bring anybody back to the office, uh, for the, you know, for the corporate office folks for right now. So, you know, I, I would imagine, you know, in order to execute the proper social distancing, you know, we're definitely going to have to, you know, rethink our office. So there's gonna be a lot of our folks working from home and I'm, we're not the only business uh, there. So home office and, you know, you spend a lot more time at home. You're going to spend a lot more time outdoors, you know, so patio furniture is going to be a bigger uh, deal for us. We're already seeing that. And then, uh, the the living room the family room where um, the family is gonna you know spend a lot more time together and uh, like my kids have already destroyed two pieces uh, since I've been quarantined here and uh, you know I'd, I'd expect there's a lot of furniture for uh, uh, families with young kids that's gonna uh, gonna have to get some new furniture like I've done uh, uh, because these kids you know you just you know put them at home all day long and it's it's gonna, they're gonna wear some furniture out big time. So those are the major categories we're seeing that are really picking up right now and that we see continue to uh, uh, continue to grow. But overall though, the the home itself is gonna grow and uh, we're fortunate to be in this industry uh, that should have some, some serious uh success and a, a, a serious need that a lot of people are gonna want beautiful furniture to take care of them and be happy and proud to stay at home, you know, during these, you know, this this lockdown period or this period of uncertainty until everything gets a little bit more normal in the world. Yeah,
0: I, I think the home is <laughs> hey.
2: Empty, right. Go ahead, Jeff. Hey, Bill, I would just add that uh, I, I would think that there's a lot of mothers that have uh, that are homeschooling, <laughs> and I think one of the things that, that if we could figure out a way to, to manufacture it in uh, mass would be to create a soundproof uh, home office for the kids to do their work <laughs> for a few hours a day.
0: I I think that's probably true. And I think Andrew's point about replacement furniture, I think with so many kids home from school, there's going to be a lot of people looking for replacement furniture for broken sofa arms or broken beds or.
2: Yeah, I would, I would just, um, I, I would add too that. I think so many people have been, you know, quarantined at home now for a couple of months or more and what they thought, you know, sitting on their furniture for 30 minutes or an hour every day that they said, well, we don't really need to replace our furniture and and, and you you get on and you live your life and you're out doing your other things. But having to sit on, you know, old furniture that's outdated for two months, I think people are now realizing, okay, it's time to reinvest. And uh, and I think if, if anything, that could be a silver lining you know, for our industry, because I think Andrew's right. Uh, people are not going to be rushing out to take a long weekend in New York. They're not going to be rushing down to Disney World. They're not going to be rushing to get on these commercial flights going all over. They're not going to be going on, on these European vacations. So they're going to have some of those funds uh, to use. And I think, I think you know, we saw this after 9-11. There's going to be, a, I think, some cocooning that takes place. There's going to be, you know, the, hey, let's have people over and enjoy you know the outdoor set that we got. Let's, let's enjoy this fire pit that we had built. You know, and 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 those types of things. So I, I anticipate for the next couple of years, you're going to see a lot of that uh, that take place. So I, I'm very optimistic that our industry can can bounce back, and and there will be you know a, a silver lining there.
0: Well, I think that's a perfect place to to kind of wrap this up on an optimistic note. I mm-hmm. I don't think I could agree any more with either of, with both of you. This does seem to be a real opportunity for, for the home and a real opportunity for the furniture business. And I hope real soon we can talk about how rapidly both of your businesses are growing. Thank you for taking the
1: time. Thanks, Bill.
2: Thanks, oh, absolutely, Jeff. Bill. Yes, sir. Thank you, Andrew. Enjoy. You too,
1: buddy. Take care. Thank you.